And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. Everybody and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 287. We're coming at you, as always, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. My name is Tom Harris. Welcome along to the show. And we're a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network, the only Thor podcast ever hosted by a true descendant of Odin. That's me. So yeah, so uh, welcome along, everybody, and uh, hope you all are having a great early fall. Here in Chicago, it is hot and sticky. Yeah, not my favorite kind of weather to be sure. Quick shout out to uh, my sister and brother-in-law who visited uh, a couple weeks ago. It was great to see you guys, and I don't know if you listened to the show or not, but uh, had a good time with them uh, going to the Field Museum, which is uh, one of the the uh, many nice museums that we have here in Chicago, and uh, looking at the dinosaurs, looking at the uh, you know taxidermied animals, you know all the typical museum stuff, ancient Egypt, and yeah, mummies and and statues, and yeah, so a lot of fun, and I got to uh, sample some uh, you know some fine Chicago cuisine as they were coming up here from Florida, and of course they you know they escaped Florida, they had no power when they left Florida uh, because of the hurricane. I gather that uh, most people down there have their power back now. Uh, everybody who I knew down there is safe and accounted for, even if they've had a little bit of damage to their house. Anyway, so we do have an issue of Thor to cover. So uh, let's go ahead and move along to our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. Indeed, and this week we are looking at the Mighty Thor, issue number 32, and this is a 100-page monster. Yeah, they went back to the 1970s and stole this from DC Comics for sure. And yeah, it's a 100-page issue, but don't worry, because we're only covering 23 pages of it. Most of it we've already covered. Anyway, so... uh, this uh, comic shows, uh, because it has the 100-page monster banner over the top. It's the Mighty Thor, number 32. And um, cover art is by Andy Kubert. Shows Thor facing off against Curse, who came in right at the end of, um, of last issue. And if you remember, Curse was the enemy of Malekith, so why are they teamed up now? Hmm. Yeah, so anyway, uh, a lot more about Curse inside the issue. Cover blurb. It tells you uh, what else is in the issue, um, the compilation of classic Thor sagas and more. Uh, we'll talk about that later. We open up to the splash page where we have Malekith seemingly with the upper hand. He's got the casket of ancient winters wide open. And we see Sif is frozen in ice at his feet. The Warriors 3 and Thor and Beta Ray Bill and... Um, I think that's the well, Pentagar, the, the ice Viking dude, are all fighting here in, I believe it's Odin's bedroom, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, Malekith is uh, shouting, small in size, though limitless in capacity. Ooh, my. 
The cask of ancient winters contains the fury of a thousand, thousand killing winters. Ne'er hath Asgard encountered a weapon more capable of decimating its golden spires. Ne'er hath her storied warriors faced such a power, guaranteed to leave their thirst for victory unquenched. Never hath the realm cowered so beneath the looming shadow of defeat. Surrender thine arms, warrior. Malekith, the dark elf, hath vanquished thee. And this, of course, is uh, Thor Volume 2, number 32, February 2001. And uh, this is an expensive one. It retailed for $3.50. five twenty-five in Canada. Yeah, that's not good. And uh, we then have a, uh, a double-page spread here of Curse, and he is fighting Thor, kind of on the outskirts of where everybody else is. And we see all the um, Asgardians are, are you know, captured in the ice. You have, you have various guards and other gods and stuff uh, in there. And it looks like a Curse is stomping on Thor's head. And we get the credits. Dan Jurgens and Andy Kubert told the story. Scott Hanna and Jesse Delperang did the inks. Is that reading that right? Delperang? Delperdang. Something like that. Gregory Wright did the colors. RS and Comic Crafts Quest. Abbott did the letters. Mark Sumerak is the assistant editor. Tom Brevort is the editor. And Joe Casada is the editor-in-chief. And Curse is uh, stepping on Thor's head, like I said. Mjolnir is kind of cast off to the side. And it's a, a really nice drawing, I have to say. And Curse is saying, Asgardian, thou hast heard the declaration of Master Malekith, as thy beloved Sif suffocates in ice, as thy vulnerable realm stands frozen. Wouldst thou yet beg Curse for thy life? And Thor says, I say thee nay! And we shift to where uh, Malekith is, and he's holding Sif by the hair, and Sif looks horrified. And this sort of uh, magical energy is just pouring out of the, the casket of ancient winters. Malekith looks very much like the Joker here, and he's like, he he he, you as guardians are such a pompous bunch, so full of yourselves that conquest seems inconceivable. To see these suffer makes the victory all the more delightful. And Sif says, Thou art mad, Malekith. Every Asgardian warrior shall fight to the last breath against thee. So do I hope, for the cask makes me nigh unto invincible. Wouldst thou care to taste more of its bitter cold, its numbing, biting, incapacitating pain? A chill so cold and ruthless, it can even still the mightiest of heartbeats. And he's just pouring out all of the... Um, the energy of the uh, the casket of ancient winters and it's freezing you know, what few people are actually left standing and Malkith is, is doing kissy face with uh, Sif here poor darling Sif thine only hope is to beg Malekith for a position as his servant queen and the Sif is going aye and we get a, uh, a shot of Asgard and Earth and we see that everything is coated in ice uh, yeah, he's got the, the cask wide open at this point, so the I, the cold is just pouring out everywhere across the nine worlds. We see uh, Odin laying uh, somewhat covered in ice on his bed, and we see looks like the um, uh, the George Washington Bridge in in New York City, and we see the Isle you know the Isle of Asgard, and we see um, you know, some trolls and giants, and, and we have some some narration that goes along with this. Odin bequeathed thee the throne, yet now tis an empty chair that avails thee not. 
just as the all-developing Odin sleep shall avail him not, for he shall ne'er awaken again. Asgard is lost to the ravages of winter, as is the mortal land of Midgard, a cold so permeating the strongest of trolls. I, even the frost giants themselves succumb. In fact, <laughs> and this might be the best of all, the cask's power can reach into even the most unlikely of places. One of those unlikely of places is hell, and we have Hela and, and, and Hag, a.k.a. Vala. Um, so I'm, I'm treating them as the same person at this point. And Vala saying, My queen, Hela, tis, tis a sight I thought impossible. Either dementia hath taken hold of Vala, or tis ice and snow which blanket the realm of the dead. Cease thy worrisome prattling, Vala. True, no calamity such as this hath descended upon hell before. Tis just as true that its effect shall end. How, if thou art depending on odious Odin to save us? And we get a um, a mystery voice coming from, uh, from uh, the other side here. Nay, wench, he'll not be the one to halt this. And um, Vala says, Thou darest interrupt? Aye, for Hela's calm is justified. Indeed, the might of Asgard shall rise in its favorite sun, for I have seen it happen many times, some of which came at with my expense, my queen. Aye, though in truth even I wonder about Thor's ability to triumph now. And we shift our scene back to Asgard and to Curse, who is stomping Thor's head still. <laughs> and he says... Is thy skull cracking, thy brain oozing from thine ears? And Thor says, Thou art working with thy former enemy, Malekith. Why? He is my master. To serve him is to know elation. And to serve him is to court the wrath of Thor, says Thor. And he reaches out and he grabs Mjolnir, and um, he's kind of striking upward with Mjolnir, knocks a big chunk of the ice out with a scracked. In the meantime, uh, Curse is still trying to stomp Thor's head. Curse is like, Thy wrath shall avail thee little when thou art dead, Thunder God. And so with the aid of mighty Mjolnir, I shall take my leave, says Thor. And there's a scoom, and he blasts a hole downward through the ice and through the stone and down underground, big old hole. And Thor says, If I cannot escape above the ice, then I will do so below. And the two of them are falling down this big hole. And um, a curse is like, a cursed dog. And they're falling down. And uh, Thor, though, he's able to fly out because he's got his hammer with him. And Thor says, Malekith, thy reign of terror is shortly over. Salvation shall be delivered from the hall of lost souls by the gem of infinite suns. What is this place? This gem? Whence does its power come? Tell me, for I would claim it as my own. And uh, yeah, Malekith doesn't look too happy about this. Curse, get thee from thine imprisoning hole, and follow the Odin son. And Curse is, yeah, he's hesitating a little bit. He's like, but I, thou didst turn on me once before. It will not happen again. The control of Malekith is complete. Go. And this uh, somehow... During all this, Sif is broken free of the ice. 
um, which she was encased in. So that's kind of weird. But anyway, so Sif is loose and she's uh, running. And uh, she says, Our time is short. I must hasten. And uh, she's running away, but who should she run into but Beta Ray Bill? And Beta Ray uh, lands beside her and uh, he says, Lady Sif, surely you weren't fleeing. Never, Beta Ray Bill. Thor didn't mention the Hall of Lost Souls. It would seem... It would seem he wants you to go there, says Beta Ray Bill, in all likelihood to defeat me. And it turns out that it's not actually uh, Beta Ray Bill. Yeah, it's Malekith. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> Thou wouldst learn to take heed of thy words, woman. One never knows who is listening. And Sif is whipping her sword around, trying to chop off uh, Malika's head. Does get a good chunk of his hair, though. And I guess he's a mullet now. Anyway, um, so uh, uh, she, Sif is like, Malekith, thine evil knows no end. My thanks, woman. Thy compliment is graciously accepted. Yet thou hast scratched only the surface of my evil. And then he uh, punches her right in the face. Um, and um, yeah, doesn't look too good. And Sif is like, Gah! And uh, she falls down. And uh, the real Beta Ray Bill is still fighting Pentagar outside. And we see uh, Volstagg in the background. He's fighting too. And uh, Bill is like, Sif, I swear, Pentagar, if she's hurt, all of you will pay. And uh, Beta Ray Bill does a mighty blow, knocks Pentagar back with a croom. And he says, or Beta Ray Bill will never stand idly by while a comrade is endangered. And we shift back to Malekith and Sif, and uh, they're still fighting, and uh, Malekith has a blade to uh, Sif's throat, and he's saying, Thou art graced with a last chance for life. Swear thy love for Malekith. I would rather die than utter thy name. So be it. I, ugh. And um, yeah, Malekith is knocked away by uh, Beta Ray Bill. And he's like, away, Dark Elf. And uh, he drops his sword. And now we have uh, Beta Ray Bill and Stormbreaker. And they are wailing on Malekith. And uh, Sif is kind of in the background, not exactly cowering, but uh, you know, kind of scrambling to get away kind of thing. And uh, Beta Ray is like, do whatever Thor suggested, my lady, right now. Malekith is mine. And he's, he's just decided he's going to wail on Malekith for all it's worth. The realm eternal is defiled by your presence. You are an affront to the higher meanings it represents. Fool, do ye not yet comprehend the power of the cask? That it can make Pentagar far, far stronger? And he opened, you know, he's kind of pointing the cask at Pentagar, I guess. And uh, we get a shadow falling over the two of them. And, and Bill is like, by the galactic spiral. And Pentagar is really big now, and the um, the dialogue kind of doesn't spell it out very well, but <laughs> Bill's like, you're growing faster than the eye can comprehend. And actually, he hasn't really grown that much. He's, <laughs> he's grown a little bit. Uh, he's certainly not faster than the eye can comprehend. And uh, Pentagar is looking meaner, he's spikier, and very slightly larger. And he goes, you And he whaps uh, Bill aside with a pact. And uh, Malekith says, Where is that nauseating witch? Where is Sif? And we are um, in Odin's bedroom. And we see Odin. He's still 
Uh, he's encased in ice, but he's still laying there on his bed in the Odin sleep. And there's a couple of uh, giant dogs, like the kind of the dog mounts of the of the soldiers that are either, I guess they're guarding him. Yeah, you know, they don't look like they, they don't look like they're about to eat him, but they've got big sharp teeth and they're kind of dangerous looking. But anyway, so they um, they're standing over Odin, and uh, we hear a voice. Verily, I dislike sneaking around thus. One should look his enemy in the eye, fight face to face, sword against sword until a victory is determined. And it, it is Thor, of course. Alas, covert means are needed if thou art to be protected and Asgard freed from this icy predicament, father. Even if it means beautiful Sif must function as a decoy, keeping Malekith from turning his attention here. And so uh, Thor has taken out these two uh, dogs by ramming their heads together. And there's a um, apparently a hidden trigger <laughs> um, underneath uh, Odin's bed, which opens up a... Um, a, a kind of a, a secret doorway, and and there's like a like treasure and like a, you know it looks like a drop near maybe, and there's like weapons and gold, magical things. Thor says the hidden trigger, which reveals thy personal treasures, including that which will finally defeat Malekith, the gem of infinite suns. And uh, yeah, so he picks up this gem, and uh, it looks like a. Uh, it's kind of like the the. Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers the old uh, villain Scorpio. Um, I think he was originally in a in a Shield comic, but then he was like in the Defenders and stuff. And he had that sort of ring thing that he carried around and shoot shot like energy blasts out of. That's what it looks like, except it's smaller and it has like a little flame thing on it. Anyway, so uh, Thor grabs that. We then cut to Malekith, who is wandering through the hallways. Um, and he's um, in the Hall of Lost Souls, which is a place that uh, is just have a lot of statues. It's kind of like the, uh, the Legion trophy room with all the uh, dead Legionnaires. This has actually got a bunch of uh, statues of dead warriors, as we'll find out in a second. And Malekith is down there, and he's got the casket with him, and it's floating in the air next to him, and they're kind of going through, looking through this gem, no doubt. And Malekith says, So this is the Hall of Lost Souls. Such a grim place. I dare say no gods cling so desperately to their bloody past as do these Asgardians. Reveal thyself, Sif. The time for reckoning hath come. Uh, you know, she's not revealing herself, of course, and he's like, Pixie, art thou being coy with Malekith, playing hard to get? And a voice comes out, uh, Look here, monster. Thou art unfit to walk within the hall of the lost souls, elf. "'Twas built as a tribute to Asgardians who died in battles far from home, "'in places where their bodies were never recovered. "'Tis a place of honor, of reverence. "'If this place houses the memories of those who were lost, "'tis perfect for thee, for I'll slay thee and burn thy bones "'until every evidence of thine existence is gone forever.' "'And uh, Sif kind of jumps down, and the two of them are fighting with swords.' And Malekith has sort of a, a glowy a green fire sword. Um, and uh, Sif has just, it looks like, it's a huge sword. I mean, maybe she, looks like she might have stolen it from one of the statues because it really is enormous. And um, so she's uh, attacking with it. And uh, we um, uh, shift back to the battle that's going on. Uh, Beta Ray Bill versus Pentagar. And it looks like Pentagar is just kind of whacking Bill around, treating him as a punching bag. 
And uh, who should be there but Balder making a brief appearance? <laughs> and um, Balder says, to my side, Bill, together we can. And uh, the Pentagar says, nothing. And bashes Balder aside. And um, he's all of a sudden confronted with Thor. And Thor is carrying the, uh, you know, this uh, gem with him. And there's like a yellow Kirby crackle pouring off of it. And um, and Thor says, Ice demon, thy time hath come. Die. Aye, death shall come this day, but will be thine own sorceress life that comes to an end. Feel the burn, demon. And he takes the gem, and it's a Kirby crackle, and he thrusts it into uh, Pentagar's chest with a tsst uh, sound, and, and Pentagar is going, Arg! The power of a multitude of sons, strong enough to make even thy needs buckle, says Thor. And basically, Pentagar is melting and leaving lots of water everywhere. And um, yeah, so Pentagar is not doing too well here. And Thor says, "'Tis done. Now but one foe remains." And I guess he's talking about Malekith. And we shift back to where uh, Malekith and uh, Sif are fighting. And um, Sif is saying, Thou art slowing, Malekith. Art thou ill? What is wrong? And we see the warriors three, and they're uh, fighting curse. Uh, Fandral says, Fight on, warriors. Asgard must not fall. Tis all but guaranteed, little one, says curse. And all of a sudden, he gets tapped in the forehead by Thor. And uh, Thor's voice says, I think not. Curse is like, The Odin son. Thou wert once an enemy of Malekith, curse. Mayhap a fierce thrashing will sever the treacherous elf-sorcerous control of thee. And he thrusts the uh, fiery gem into Curse's face. And that can't, that can't feel good. <laughs> and it's going tsst. And Curse is going argh. And um, we shift back to where uh, Sif and Malekith are fighting. And uh, Sif notes that the casket is closing. And uh, Sif says... The source of your power is closing, Malekith. Nay, I command thee, stay open. And uh, we're back where uh, Thor is, and um, Thor is flying over Asgard, which, of course, is all frozen, covered in ice. And uh, Thor has got the gem in one hand, and he's uh, shooting the beam out uh, over the whole city and melting all the ice. And uh, he's saying, When I was but a boy, my father did once tell me of this gem, forged in the fire of a star eons ago. Thus does it contain the essence of a solar power unlimited, enough to be used here. And he's unmelting all the Asgardians, and they're waking up, and they're going, uh, By the favors of the omnipotent, we are free! None but Odin himself could have done this. Either Odin or the god of thunder, says a, says a woman. <laughs> Malachan is like, Impossible. The city melts before my eyes. And Thor is on the scene and he reaches out and he snaps the casket of Ancient Winter shut um, with a slam. And he's got the gem in one hand and the, uh, the uh, casket of Ancient Winter is in the other. And he says, Indeed, Malekith, once more thou art brought low. And the key to thy mad dream of conquest shall be forever be held in check by this gem and forever kept from thy grasp. And basically he's tied the, uh, the fire gem to the casket of ancient winters, 
and uh, yeah, and he um, does the Ajax White Tornado thing, sort of. He's, he's using his hammer. He's whipping his hammer around to create a dimensional portal. We haven't seen him do this for a while. This is not a new power, but this is something that he hasn't done in a long time. He says, thanks to the might of mine Uru Mallet, I'll transport it afar to a dimension thou shalt never access. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, um, and the uh, cask and all that is gone. And uh, then Thor grabs Malekith by the shoulder, and he's like, and now, and um, Sif, Sif runs up, I bid thee hold. He did steal a kiss from my lips, and dared ask for even more. Then the honor is thine, milady, says Thor. And uh, Sif is like, gladly. And there's a giant whammo sound effect as uh, Sif beats up, um, basically beats Malekith to a pulp. And we see Curse and apparently not fighting anyone anymore. Um, so I'm not sure what happened there. And Beta Ray and the Warriors 3 and Thor. And Volstagg is like, zounds. And we are done, basically. But we do have a little bit of an epilogue here. As Thor and Beta Ray Bill return to Earth. And uh, we see that the streets of uh, New York are melting, so there's like water and there's, like snow and ice everywhere. But it, but it looks like it's all melting. Anyway, um, so uh, they're Ajax White tornadoing their way back to Jake Olson's apartment. And uh, Bill is like, So this is where thou dwell as a mortal? He should know that because he was their last issue, if you recall. Aye, Bill. It's a very comfortable abode, one that allows me occasional freedom for my duties as an Avenger. You think the cell Hogan constructed will hold Malekith? Hogan knows well the business of imprisonment. And a voice comes from uh, another room, apparently. Jake, honey, is that you? I hope you don't mind me letting myself in. But if you can't trust your mother, who can you? And um, she sees Beta Ray Bill, and she goes, Eek, it's a monster! And she faints. And uh, Bill is like, Your mother? And that is Thor Volume 2, number 32, at least the story we're covering. And we have a blurb for next issue. You think this is a surprise. Be here next month for what may be the most surprising Thor story ever printed. The dynamic debut of Thor Girl. And that is Thor Volume 2, number 32. It's going to be a while before we go back to uh, Thor Girl because we're going to be covering some other stuff first. But uh, yeah, uh, on the uh, letters page, uh, we have an apology for uh, Thor number 30, where they <laughs> call, called the Beta Ray Bill's hammer Stormbringer. Yeah, uh, good for that. And then we get some reprints. So yeah, so most of these stories we've already covered. So obviously I'm not going to be covering them here, but we actually first have the, um, the uh, story from Thor number 136, and this is the story, To Become an Immortal. And this is where Thor takes Jane Foster to Asgard and um, you know, shows her around Asgard. And she freaks the hell out. And then uh, uh, Odin turns her into a, a flying goddess because that's their unlimited you know, power is to, to fly really well, I guess. And uh, she gets freaked out and shows herself to be rather unworthy of uh, goddesshood. 
And so uh, basically Odin grabs her and sends her back to Earth and they introduce Sif. So basically it's the, uh, not the first appearance of Sif, but I believe it's the second appearance of Sif. And the first appearance of Sif as Thor's love interest. Um, so yeah, it was, it's one of the better Thor stories, even though the art is dire. Um, it's, it's not, I mean, it's obviously it's, it's Lee Kirby. It's, uh, it's Kirby inked by Coletta and it's a, uh, it's a clear rush job. So yeah, um, not, not as well remembered as maybe, um, yeah. Uh, we then get a, uh, another, now this issue we haven't actually covered. This is a, an issue called the, uh, the day the thunder failed. And, um, and this is a uh, Roy Thomas story with art by John B. Summon, Tom Palmer. Uh, I believe it's from the two uh, eighties. Uh, it's, it's kind of before, uh, the Simonson era. It involves Loki and a giant. And this is one of those uh, periodic retellings of Norse myth that we get in uh, in Thor comics, um, where we have the the story about the giant, remember, and uh, Thor and Loki sleeping inside his glove. They're they're in Utgard, and there's all this uh, stuff going on. We will be covering this uh, the story at some point, so I'm not going to talk really too much about it. And then uh, we have another um, story here, another tale, and this one is actually from the Simonson era. This is the Secret Wars 2 crossover. Now, normally I would say Secret Wars 2 crossover. What the fuck is that? Okay, well, there's a reason for it. And that's because this was the very first appearance of Curse. So this is where the, uh, uh, the Beyonder actually empowers Curse, brings him to, to Earth, and he creates a lot of trouble for uh, Thor and company. And uh, so this would have been around, uh, what, uh, 370 something but uh it was um the era where hella had touched thor's face so he's got the sort of bandana thing over his face and we have power pack in the story and uh beta ray bill in his non uh beta ray bill form and uh some really pudgy children here courtesy of, <laughs> of walt simonson but it's uh at least is a you know a well-written story and uh, in most places, pretty well drawn, too. It's also the issue where uh, they discover the giant sword in Asgard that's uh, like draining power. It's Searcher's sword. Remember that uh, And uh, Volstagg's daughter discovers it and everyone gets radiation sickness. Remember that? Yeah. So anyway, it's that issue. And then uh, following that, we have another reprint. These are full issues. So obviously, they're, they're, they're getting their money's worth out of this 100-page uh, Hundred-page special, and then we go back to a, a, a Tales of Asgard. Now, this Tales of Asgard is um, a, a, a kind of a throwaway story that was originally in Thor number one twenty-seven. Uh, it's uh, Stanley Kirby and uh, Vinnie Coletta, and it is um, basically it's uh, them listening to the story of Ragnarok as told by uh, one of the Norns. And um, we have another tale of Asgard, which follows immediately after. Again, we this is Vala, the prophetess. So this this character actually appears in this episode, and it's the the conclusion of the Ragnarok storyline. Some nice art here. Um, I think it's not served well by the reproduction. I think it looked better in the original issues. Um, so it's just kind of yeah, not not, not the most fun. 
But uh, anyway, so that is that. And um, yeah, so uh, next issue, or I should say next episode, is a mythology episode, as you guys well know. Um, and uh, let's uh, go ahead and uh, listen to a, a trailer, and then we'll talk about uh, the main story that we just covered. The Fantastic Arts is your guide to the Fantastic Four from the beginning of the Marvel Age of Comics in 1961 onwards. Each week, Steve Lacey and Andy Leyland cover every issue, spin-off, guest appearance and cameo, and more. And in 2015, we begin our journey through the decade that tastes forgot, the 1970s. Join us as we take a look at... The departure of Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. The Kree Skrull War. The arrival of Marvel Team-Up. Bill Murray as the Human Torch. Creators including Roy Thomas, George Perez, Marv Wolfman, Jerry Conway, Rich Buckler and John Byrne. And of course, Marvel 2-in-1. All this and more at ffcast.libsyn.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. The Fantastic Cast. Insert catchy tagline here. Wait, what? And we're back. And of course, we do have a few things to say about the initial story that we covered, not so much the reprints. And uh, we're going to talk first about the story itself, the writing. So this is not a brilliant story. It It's kind of a rushed ending to a story that could have been so much more. Um, I'm kind of disappointed in it. Now, at the same time as being rather rushed, it seems like it, it's dragged out. Um, it, not in a good way. It's, it's like they need to end the story quickly. There's something coming up, you know, the, the, something else that, that they wanted to do, but they had to finish the story, so they just kind of had tacked an ending onto it. And the ending is big battle, Thor wins, everything melts, blah. You know, we have a MacGuffin here, the sort of this gem of, of infinite suns or whatever, you know, that, that we've never heard of before. It's a real deus ex machina that, that doesn't really go anywhere and do anything. It's like, okay, well, now we have something that's the opposite of the Casket of Ancient Winters, and so we can bring both back at some point to threaten everybody. The artwork, at least, is good. I like the, uh, the artwork for this issue a great deal. We actually have um, a lot of, um, of different influences that I think are kind of creeping in here. Um, one of the, the influences that... I mean, I've kind of I've commented on it, remember, before. Um, I think it's very Scott Collins-ish, or maybe Scott Collins is, is uh, an Andy Kubert fan, and, and, but there's definitely some of that going on. And with that, there's definitely, we are getting some P. Craig Russell um, influence and some Mike Mignola influence, this kind of moodiness. The inks are really nice in this. Um, the, the penciling is really good, too. Now, there's a couple of things that I take issue with. The first is that they show um, Malekith in a lot of these panels is looking kind of brutish. I mean, he's looking like a, like a tough guy. I mean, he's not the uh, kind of ethereal Malekith that we're used to, the way that, that Simonson introduced him into the story. Um, you know, and they've got him kind of like evil Loki kind of grimacing and that kind of thing. It's not very elfin in most of the time. Um, sometimes he looks great. 
Other times he doesn't look great. So I guess what I'm complaining about here a bit is inconsistency. Sometimes he looks very Simonson-ish. Sometimes he looks more like John Buscema Loki, and that's not necessarily a good thing. John Buscema, great artist. His version of Loki, not my favorite. We have Sif kind of basically used as a prop, which is kind of not as much as she deserves. I mean, you know, Sif is a much more powerful character than that. So there's some things about the issue that I don't particularly care for. They kind of throw in this whole thing in Odin's throne room or in Odin's bedroom, Thor finding the, the gem underneath his bed. Basically, that's what it seems like. And uh, so we know that the story of um, you know, the, the gem being down in the hall of, of lonesome heroes or whatever is, is actually a, a decoy. I mean, it was just a thing to get Malekith away. Um, but I think that uh, by and large, we have uh, a kind of a weak story and the artwork is is kind of uneven. Um, some places it's really, really good, and some places it's not. So I, I guess there's not a whole lot much more that I can say about it. Curse is not really being portrayed consistently. Um, and there's some things that happen, like Sif being able to escape from the ice unexpectedly, which is just kind of bizarre. It's like they, they forgot that she was supposed to be trapped in ice, so all of a sudden, here comes Stiff. She's free. They don't show that. That should be a moment. That should be something that, that we actually do see in the context of the story. After all, you know, this is a, a snowstorm and ice and all that that even frost giants themselves can't stand. Um, so you would think that it would affect uh, Earth a lot more. You would think that uh, that would be some kind of big deal. Instead, Thor comes home, and his mother, you know, Jake Olson's mother is there. And it's like, honey, I'm home. And it's like, and you know, no mention of the cold, no mention of the ice, nothing. So, yeah, th there's, there's a lot going on in the issue that I don't care for as well. All right. So with that, it's about time to wrap it up, folks. Once again, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. We'll be back next time with something new. And, uh, well, next time it'll be a mythology episode. But then after that, we're going to be going back and... Um, and covering something different. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast, and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard. <laughs>